It's the Craggy Rugby Podcast, Glasgow edition. And we were there live. So, you know, let's have a listen to this. Yeah, Lindley, I guess if they go into next weekend where they have to play Zebra, well, the entire nation of Ireland will be watching the provinces in Champions Cup quarterfinal action. That's going to hurt that they're not down in Toman Park where they should have been. But it'll make it a lot easier if they win this because all of a sudden there's an opportunity of maybe six, seven in a row with Zebra and Edinburgh to follow. This is, this is a kind of a pivotal game in the first objective, which is to get some momentum going into the playoffs at the very least. Oh, absolutely. It, it's, it's, it is, you know, as I said before, it's, a, it's of test match quality for this particular side at the moment. You know, it is all about momentum. They showed it last year. You know, they're also going to, when they go to Zebra next year, of course they're going to be hurting. They're going to be looking at Dan and Tormund Park and watching oh, Toulouse yeah. and Munster and saying, you know, it should have been me. It should have been me. You know, yeah. and it's going to be very hard, I think, when they go to Zebra, even yeah. to slightly focus on, on, on the Zebra match because they are all going to be aware of where they should have been on that particular day. Yeah, that was, a, that was a pop song many, many years ago called It Should Have Been Me, which is in re- relation to a, a situation in a wedding. But uh, yeah, I think, I think for Connacht that there will be... That's the, look, that's the joy of sport, but it's also how cruel it is because that would have been such a game to go to and commentate on and, and talk about because... And it would also, I think, Munster are very confident, but I suspect they'd have been thinking the last team they want to see there would be us turning up just to see what might happen. But they have a job to do tonight, and then they have to get ready. Irrespective of what happens, they've got to go and do a job next week. Stood off him, and you can't stand off Tiernan O'Halloran for that long because he's going to eat up the space. Line out to Connacht on the 22. McCartney to throw into a full Connacht line out. A little bit of movement towards the front, and it is won by Andrew Brown to set up what could be a mall. Glasgow trying to disrupt it, but Connacht still on their feet. Now they're rolling off it inside that 22, just being driven towards the touchline now as they try and spin off the side of it. And they've done very, very well there. Could have been McCartney at the back there who, who came away with it just to set up a ruck. Now Ronaldson, Ronaldson, nice little angle running around the back of him from the Adioloka and received a pass but Connacht under pressure now as Cardi tried to clean that out Glasgow counter-rucking is picked up at the side of the ruck and saved and rescued there by Bundy I think Bundy, Bundy. Aki, yeah. super stuff from Aki he just danced his feet again Andrew Brown Finley Bealham tackled Connacht outside the Glasgow 22 middle of the park only a metre outside it back it comes a bit of a carry now and an opportunity for Jay Keenan to get the legs pumping 15 metres in from the right-hand touchline, he's tackled on the edge of the 22. Ball popped out to Andrew Brown. What hands from Connacht all the way along the line to Finlay Bealham. Quinn Rue was involved in it as well. The forwards is showing good touches of skill here on a perfect day for rugby in Glasgow on this 4G surface. The second time Connacht have played on the artificial surface in a game this season. And they have a decent record this season for a change, having beaten Cardiff already just a couple of months ago on the start of this good run of rugby. Still on the edge of the 22, fifth or sixth phase since that line-out. Marmion, Bundy Aki. Aki sends it on to Tiernan O'Halloran. Right through the gap. He's held by the shirt. He's got the offload in the Adiolokan. Has he got over? He's over the line. He's got yep. the try. Oh, that's super rugby. What a try from Connacht. Oh, the, the, the patience that Connacht showed there. They were so patient all the way through. Brilliant hands. Now, I think we dropped the ball once, but it was backwards, which gave us the first little break. But after that, it was just sheer patience and great skill. Absolutely. They, they held the ball beautifully there. And... There was nothing forced about that. 
the previous pass that didn't go to hand, it was almost the same, not, it wasn't so much the break, but it was just the quality of the pass there was absolutely spot on. And he had a fair bit of work to do, and be worth watching on the replay, because I think he had, a, he had a little bit of work to do, but he, he did it, he's, he's bulked up a little bit this year, and he's, he, you know, he's, he's quite a physical presence, but a good break by Tiernan, and that, that's great work, that's a fabulous try. The other thing in, during the build-up is that Bundy, I haven't seen Bundy this aggressive in a while. He's after taking twice, three times he took the ball on and at least at least two men had to stop him each time, which of course creates space for everybody else out wide. And because he was there in that line, he was missed in the line, but he'd drawn two guys into him, towards him, which gave Tiernan a bit of space. He took the gap on the outside and a beautiful pa offload. Crowd go, ooh, the, they won the penalty and they're going to get a penalty. Mr Davis... Now Connacht are killing the ball on the ground. Just add to it. Glasgow, six metres from the Connacht line. 5-3. Another little pick and pop pass. This is good stuff. Price gets it out the scrum half. And Russell, here's the try, is it? They're over the line. They're going to be held up. They've got the touchdown. Glasgow. Strike back. This is going to be a big game and a high-scoring game, you get the feeling. But well, boy, were Connacht punished there, Alan. No, they certainly were. One mistake and Glasgow were on it like a shot. The speed at which they turned that the last few weeks. Connacht are then showing great offloads from Jake Heenan and a good offload from Aki before he was hitting Connacht away with Quinn Rue. Rue has a lot of space in front of him. He has Cooney on his shoulder. He's taken down 15 metres inside the Glasgow half of the field. Cooney's got back to act as scrum half as he's doing so at the moment. Andrew Brown through a huge gap going towards the post. He's taken down in the 22, 10 metres from the line. Quick ball might do it. Connacht need the quick ball. There it is. Stacey Heaney skips a man. Job will do for the corner. Has he got it down? I think he has. He thinks he has. Try. That's absolutely wonderful. Oh, that was brilliant. A couple of brilliant pieces of play, offloading. The, you know, the, because they've had so much ball, they're getting more and more confident with their offloads, but the, the most important place in place of that today was Sean O'Brien cleaned out. The clean out he did after a fantastic break by Quinn Rue. He absolutely buried his man. Sean O'Brien's not there. That breaks down and, uh, and Glasgow down the field. Phenomenal piece of rugby and, and Connacht are owning this game. They really are. Here they are, Glasgow coming out of their own 22 after that kick. They've got a little bit of a relief there. That looks like a forward pass. Glasgow absolutely raging. Gary Townsend has just banged the cardboard beside him there. <laughs> Fuming with the referee of that decision. But that's a big break for Connacht. And William Gregor Townsend doesn't look happy. Well, he, he's been shouting at his team to come up. If they came up any further, they'd be playing <laughs> behind the Connacht team. I think they'd be in Edinburgh. <laughs> and, and what's really happened is Connacht have taken a bit of a punt a couple of times on very, very flat passes to try to overcome this, and it has worked. Now, it's, it's a bit of a high-risk strategy, but they're doing it because Glasgow are playing, but they're offside. I mean, and you can yeah. push the line, but they're just offside. We're bringing Lindley McKenzie in, who's joining us for our halftime chat to as part of our pregame show as well. Lindley, what's been your thoughts so far on a Connacht uh, performance that has them leading here 15 points to 13? Well, it's, I'm delighted that they're actually leading, given the fact that they've actually completely dominated possession and territorial stakes. My biggest concern is the fact that they're only two points ahead as a result of that. You know, they should have been streaks ahead in terms of, in terms of their possession. I think Glasgow are obviously quite content in some ways to actually sit back and soak up that pressure because their, their tackling is just fierce. Their line speed, speed and defense is, 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 is actually so quick sometimes bordering on offside, sometimes some of their tackles bordering on high tackles. But in effect, it is yeah. stymieing and, it, and, and it's forcing Connacht back on the back foot sometimes as a result of it. But 
as a result, they're not able to get that to find that gap. They're not able to get that ball out wide, as wide, as quickly as possibly as they would want to. But I have to say, it's it's such a delight to see those forwards, particularly putting the ball through the hands with such speed, and I mean, and such skill. And I think Quinroo's having a fantastic game. Uh, Andrew Brown making a few of those breaks. We come to expect Turnan, as always, to, to find the gap and to break through. I just feel that. I just feel that. If Glasgow turn around and have half time, just two points behind, having struggled for possession, it's just a little bit of a concern for me that it's given them a huge confidence to come back in the second half. We've been live on the goibfm.ie website this afternoon as well, but we'll be live right to full time here. If you've uh, not been following it, Connacht have two tries on the board and it's 18 points to 13 they lead now because Craig Ronaldson has just kicked a long-range penalty. Glasgow are in possession, though, and probing to strike back. They've had the better of the second half, Glasgow. A lot more line breaks, but they've not done the ball on two golden opportunities for tries and they have been very, very sloppy in that regard. In the first half, Connacht dominated possession and territory, scored two good tries from Adi Loken and Muldoon. Cracking contest so far. Beautiful evening in Glasgow, sold out crowd here in Scotland and Glasgow are trying to bounce back they really are rattled but they're showing some signs of life, Peter Horn has been their star in the centre he made, nearly got through the gap there they're inside the Connacht 22, show and go from Ali Price, someone needs to be alive in the fringe of the rock they're not, here goes Stuart Hogg, he's over he scores, what a response from Glasgow really really sharp stuff, by far the best period of play in the game, within 90 seconds of Ronison putting Connacht 5 there, they've well, scored That's ill-discipline from Jack Cardi has cost Connick seriously. It certainly has, yeah. There was no need for it. Started high and got a little bit higher, so the yellow card was fully deserved. Glasgow scrum, they're dominant in that area from the last scrum anyways, and they have three pairs lined up behind it. They won't need them, they're driving Connick back. Referee's going to go under the post pretty quickly, I think. On they go towards the line. Ball comes out the back, they can use it, they have the advantage. This should be try time. Connick all at sea, Ali Price over. And Glasgow lead by 25 points to 18. Connacht crumbling now. 26 minutes to go in this contest. A little bit of time to get a miracle turnaround, but I don't even know if miracle's the right term because there's time and the way Connacht have attacked in this game, they've made some big gains. He has to get the kick though. 50 metres in from the touchline on the right-hand side. He ain't straightforward. He's placed it five metres outside the 22. John Cooney is going to kick this with Rollinson off the field now after Rollinson's relatively successful night very successful night just one miss with the boot right foot kick right hand side of the field Cooney towards the post Connacht are back within bonus point territory 30 points to 24 but more importantly for a team with this ambition back within a chance of winning this game 3 minutes and 15 seconds left it's massive now they secure the ball they yep. have to secure yep. the ball they've been struggling all night but the last the last three have been catastrophic Alan. Yep. so yep. The, you know, the ball has bobbled miles from or well, yards away from where it should be and Glasgow have got the ball back and what they're doing, what Glasgow are doing, is they're making it catchable. They're making it like a, you know, an up and under. They're, they're kicking yeah. it close enough that they can challenge for it. Here's Peter Horan. Yes, again, high ball, lots of hang time, lots of pressure. Glasgow tap it back on their side and win the ball. Absolutely vital. They have completely dominated the restarts. That's just absolutely incredible stuff from Connacht. That was Scott Cummings who made that. You know, a young lad of only 20 years of age. That's just brilliant play. Connacht pushing up in defence to put as much pressure on as possible. Carty almost doing another high tackle. Proud one to penalty against him, but no, says the referee. Connacht trying to counter rock. Glasgow outside the Connacht 22. Clock ticks down. Two and a half minutes left. 14-man Glasgow have an advantage for a high tackle. So that was a high tackle from Carty, according to the TMO who had a look at it. Jack, Carty has two high tackles in this game. 
It's not going to go down well in the review. That's going to get through. And they're going to go in for a try right through the middle out of nothing. Sean Lamont in the corner. 35 points to 24. Game, set and match. 15-man Connacht, 14-man Glasgow. You cannot argue with that. And you know what's more important for Glasgow's point of view? A bonus point. Yeah, yeah, that's what they were looking. They're going after that top four. They're going to be a very dangerous side to, to meet in if they if they can keep that pressure on the top four. Very disappointed from Connacht. Had control of this game, didn't put enough points on the board, and now going to go away without a, without any without anything, which is shocking, really. And it's full time here in Scotston, and it's 35 points for Glasgow, 24 for Connacht. A strange game of rugby because for a long period of this game we thought Connacht were back to their very best. Certainly felt that at half time. But by the end, we think they've taken a further step backwards, I'd say. Well, no, they're just not clinical enough. You can't have that much ball, you can't have that much um, territory and not score. You're only two points up by half time. They should have been 10 to 12 points up. And then, you know, you lose by 11. When you've got that much domination, that much possession, and you're not scoring, you're going to be in trouble. Lily said at half time she was worried, I was worried. You know, you're away from home, you need to put these teams away. They made some changes, they changed how they played the game. They put us under pressure, the kickoffs. What, you know, it's, it's incredible to see us losing kickoffs. As many, I think they scored, three of their scores came from them taking kickoffs off us, and it's just probably four actually. And that's just not good enough. William, yeah, that, that, maybe, it's, maybe it's harsh to say, but Connacht are a long, long way off Champions Cup qualification right now. You know, they, we talk about that playoff, but they've got to be two top quality teams from France and England. And they're not playing at that level at the moment. They're playing in fits and starts, Rob. I mean, there's bits, of, there's bits of it are going reasonably well. But when it goes wrong, it tends to be almost catastrophic for them. Yeah. And that's what happened this evening. If you look, if you sat down and analysed this game, and you were just looking at it from the statistics, you probably wonder how, as Alan has just said, we, we, you know, the problem was we're not clinical. We're not clinical in attack, but we're not clinical in defence either off, off, off those. And these, these games are always very open. They're very like this. It's what these games against Glasgow are like. And you've got to take your chances. They've taken their chances. Looking at some of the stats there, 74. Oh, well, we just, I, I can't believe those stats. Those stats can't be right. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll double-check them again. But Glasgow have, have dominated in the uh, second half. And that's it, Alan. First half, Connacht had all the possession. All the ball. Didn't get enough scores on the board, we probably felt. And got punished for the two mistakes they made. Glasgow's two visits. Or was it three visits? 22. They got two penalties and a try. 15-13 down at halftime. And they were a different team after halftime. They certainly were. There was also the situation, had we scored a try here in the corner, if, if Nee had his foot in touch, it could have given us that little boost. But I don't think we're that far away. But we do, you know, 11 points away from home against a team as, as good as Glasgow. I know we were relatively full strength and they had a few players missing. But, you know, we had our chances. We had the opportunities. We didn't take the scores. The, the one before halftime was probably the biggest one. Even a drop goal there gives you an extra two points. A drop goal there puts us back almost within touching distance of a of a, a, a bonus point as well. well. You know, you have to score. When you've got possession in territory, you have to score, and we don't do that enough. But, but the other thing is, Alan, look, we, we got back to a bonus point, yeah. and we just completely collapsed in a heap from that kickoff. Yeah. And that, 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 that was an absolute... That was catastrophic stuff. And we're talking, this is the last kick off uh, after that kick from John Coon. Uh, yeah, I know you, you have to get the, the damn ball and you've got to control it and you come away with something because it's getting so tight down the bottom now uh, and, and we are down the bottom, we're down the bottom of qualification, okay, we're not right at the bottom of the table. 
but it's little things like that it could be a point here or a point there and we were very naive in that last past passage of play and they just cruised in for that that try okay for listeners on fm we're going to hand back to studio big thanks to the lads here we'll continue online just for a couple more minutes just to round this off on goalwaybfm.ie so you can stick with us there as well but as we hand back to studio I just want to put a cap on this and tell you that Connacht have been beaten tonight by 35 points to 24 by a Glasgow side that have picked up the bonus point Connacht's hopes of top 6 are long gone now they're looking to just hang in there in those last two spots that will give them a playoff in May and they're going to go to Zebra next Saturday we'll have updates on Goal FM on the score from that one uh, that's their next contest but in the meantime Connacht very much brushed aside here in Glasgow tonight in the second half after a really interesting and really battling display in the first half Nia Diolokan and John Muldoon with the tries not enough I'm afraid here on the GoalwayFM.a stream Alan's just showing me the neat table Connacht now is that the very latest? yeah well no it, it just has to update it but we don't get a point so we're only one point ahead of Cardiff I thought we were two yeah. we're only a single point ahead of so Cardiff that, so, that, so we hold the first playoff play- position Cardiff hold the second playoff position and then Edinburgh are well behind so Connacht should get a playoff spot barring something crazy and unlikely happening in the Challenge Cup uh, they should get a second playoff spot at the very least. But now Cardiff are in the team after that result against Leinster, William, that are showing a bit of momentum, more than Connick, maybe. Yeah, I mean, we, we tend not to start well after breaks. Uh, and, and this maybe wouldn't have been the game you would have picked. But on, but on the first half performance, you didn't maybe see... You didn't see the second half panning out the way that did. And we had an opportunity. We, we Even after we went substantially behind, they we got a chance to come back into it. Uh, and we, we didn't take it. We got a very fortunate red card for Glasgow. I, I really would have to see that a couple yeah. more times. We think it looked accidental if it was... I think it looked accidental if it was a full speed. I don't think he definitely high tagged, but I think... But he seems to have been sent off because of his knee going in. But that's a bit of a chastening one. They've got to get back on the horse now. There's, there's three more games in this session, and realistically, they've got to win all of them. They've got, they got to win away to Zebra. They've got to win away to Edinburgh, and then Leinster coming on Easter Saturday uh, to a sold-out sports ground. That's an absolutely huge game, because we probably are still reasonably comfortable down there, because it, but that Edinburgh game now becomes an eight-point swing game for them. They, they're going to feel that they need to win that. So it's... Um, yeah, I think Cardiff are the bigger issue. Cardiff are the bigger problem. They can catch us. Now, if we get five points next week, then we're six points ahead of them, which gives us a little bit of a buffer. But you're talking about having to get five points in Zebra. We, we didn't get a bonus point at home to Dragons. How You know, I know Zebra are brutal, but you just wonder. You'd like to think we'll go away and get five points there next week. But Cardiff have a better run than we do. Yeah. Okay, that- they're away at Ulster, but they're at home to Ospreys, home to Zebra. And then they've got Newport Grand Dragons. We don't have to worry to too much, Alan, if they finish ahead of us, though, as long as we well, finish ahead does, of it. Does, I, I, I'd have an issue in that, in that. First of all, if they do finish ahead of us, we go away to England, where we never win games. Right. So that's if we've only won yeah. three, maybe four games in Europe. As opposed to going, just for the listeners to explain, as opposed to being away to the French team if we finish above them. That's not necessarily uh, in terms of which one's easier, but just for Connacht, it'd be better to be away to a French side where we have a better record. Yeah. Obviously, the other flip side of that is if you do win in England, you do get home advantages every time. But all this, William, to me, and Alan, you take this up as well, it doesn't seem to matter because we don't seem to be playing at a level that could win away to a Breve or a Po or a Toulouse. And, and you just don't see a, a, like that performance tonight being good enough in the playoff. No, I, I, no it wouldn't be. I, I, I don't think it would be good enough. I don't think, it's, uh, I don't think we're consistent enough in what we're doing uh, to, to go there with any confidence. And, okay, it's a long way down the tracks, that, but 
momentum and go forward. This is a bad way to start this series of games. Um, they should win in Zebra next week and they should get five points. I mean, Winning in Edinburgh won't be straightforward. And then they got Leinster at home. Yep, and those are very, very tough games. Um, but it's 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 the lack of taking your opportunities that's, that that is just and I mean that's been a theme all season. Yeah. We've seen situations where we have plenty of possession, plenty of ball, and sides don't they have to work hard in the defensive line. But what they don't have to do, they're not we're not making these goal line stands. They're able to defend just by doing simple defensive patterns because we we're only a real threat when we get the ball out wide. Now, we were doing some pick and go tonight down the middle, which I, I would like to see a little bit more of that. Um, and we also need, we keep talking about it, we need to see, and I know you can, kicking is, is a marginal thing, but there was, there was opportunities tonight when there was space in behind, didn't use it. Yeah. One point, just in terms of turnover, making a count, down to 14 men, Connacht actually had most of the play after the try from, from Glasgow. Two lineouts in the 22. One, there was a Glasgow away, gave away a penalty, so that's fine. So let's call it one lineout in the 22, where they tried to move them all quickly out to Bundiaki instead of keeping it in as you wanted them to do, turnover. Another break into the 22 from Quinru a few minutes later. Ely tried a little pick up at the base, turnover. Two key visits at 22 at a key point in the game. Yeah, especially the line-out. The line-out one really bothered me because we were really good at line-out malls last year and we seem to have just completely forgotten how to do it. You know, it, it seems to have something we've, we've totally gone away from. And you'd just like to see us, you know, we have a good forward pack. I'd like to see us use them a bit more, change things up. We don't change things up enough. I don't know how many times tonight I stood up, we've got a great vantage over the, over the pitch. We're up quite high. The amount of acreage of space that was in behind, at least four or five, on four or five occasions, they had one man back just one if they've got one man can't cover 60 70 meters which is the width of a rugby field that just takes a case of let's look up and have a look when we when they had the ball the reason they were able to do what they were doing was that we weren't quite sure what they were going to do so we weren't able to rush up and put them under the same sort of pressure because they were chipping the ball over the top they were bone going left going right they were the, the out half was making a difference and this is not getting you know i don't want to hammer jack too much but he just doesn't pose a running threat if you don't have a running threat at 10 means you can ignore it which means you can start looking at everybody else there's only so much the rest of the guys can do I thought we'd more of a running threat at 10 when Ronaldson went in and I'm not sure why he came off <laughs> no unless he unless he picked up a little bit of a knock and our bench didn't really didn't really do the job either I think you know it's um, Eddie Jones talks about these guys being finishers and Pat Lamb talks about it as well and it hasn't happened there so it's not quite back to the drawing board. I mean, next week in its its, its own way is probably the easiest game. They're rooted to the bottom of the table. But you're, I would be concerned a little bit about the future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're looking at... We, we need we definitely need more of a threat at 10. There was something that McGinty brought to us last year. There was a there was a definite run at 10. If he did get caught up not being able to pass the ball at wide, which happens because teams push out wide, he got across the gain line. Jack doesn't. It's just not something that's part of his game. And it's something, I don't know how he's going to develop it, but it's something he needs to develop if he's going to kick on to the next level. Because we need to have more of a threat there. We definitely need to have something there that, that causes the opposition problems. Um, and as I say, I, I, you know, to me, the biggest thing I saw today, because we're standing up so high, and you get an overview of what's going on, they play to space. They look for where the space is. Where's the space? Let's play to that. We play by numbers. We're very much, let's play by numbers, let's play by numbers. It'll be interesting to see what, what Kieran Kane does when he comes next year. 
Here's some numbers for you, Alan. A 69% tackle count for Connick tonight. 45 from 65. That's, that's very low. That's dreadful. William. Yeah, there was a lot of tackles slipped. I mean, John Muldoon had a horror one in the first half. Tom McCartney in the second half. Stacey Ely, I think, might have missed one or two. You, you can't. I mean, it's a cruel and unforgiving thing, but you have to. Stats like that are going to come against you. And then other stats don't make any sense in one sense in the way we're so frustrated with the game. Come 30 offloads to Glasgow's 8, 31 defenders beaten, 13 clean breaks to 9. Maybe that's getting a bit closer to how successful they were, but... No, even the turnovers is 12-10, Glasgow conceding two more. In the possession and territory stats, we need to research that to make sure that's right. Well, they, they probably are. You, I think they know, are, the because Connacht had 80% so, in the first yeah, half. Yeah, we were so. so dominant in the first half. We actually watched quite a lot of the game here in the second half, down at the end of the pitch where we were commentating yeah, so from. Yeah, 73% possession, 72% territory to Connacht, 61% uh, in the second half in both those t- t- uh, categories. So, yeah, Connacht, all the ball. Teams love giving Connacht the ball this season. It's working out just fine for most of the opponents. No team, where you go first out no team uh, but Connacht haven't beaten any team above them and they're, they're showing that again bar Ulster yeah bar Ulster I think the, the one thing that I think the, the guy that seems to be missing more than any else and again it was something we chatted about in the car on our way over today um, um, Dave Ellis the skills they were brilliant when they weren't put under pressure but when it gets into the 22 and the pressure comes on from the opposition the skills just aren't quite there we seem to have turned back into something we, we got over last season something that's been there I remember standing beside Declan Kidney maybe 15 years ago in the sports ground at a, at a pre-season game and I said you know what do you think the biggest problem with Connacht is and he said white line fever and we seem to have got it again. We, we don't seem to be able to calm down. How many times... You before half-time as well, that chance. Yeah, you said it wasn't the kick a drop goal, but they had a try chance there. Yeah, yeah. Um, possibly. I actually thought in the first half, we did hold on to the ball better. We didn't panic. We didn't overplay it. Mm. And we did create space by doing that. But that was when Glasgow were playing at first half speed. Yes. Once they upped the tempo of their defensive line. Now, they, they, were, they were offside considerable amount of the time but they speeded it up and once they speeded it up and the pressure went on we just started dropping yeah, because the ball, we dropping never the ball we up. never did they did one chip over the top which kept the rest of our line for most of the night sorted yep. one chip over the top they really got her and that put doubt into the rest of that and that's all that has to happen and just I think they missed Finn Russell when he went off too because I think he's just such a class class player when he was in the in the zone he went off scored two tries after he yeah. went off <laughs> <laughs> no, but in, the, in the closing stages yeah well I suppose they did but I think that spell where Connacht yeah. turned the game in there, I think a lot of that was down to his marshalling they weren't just and then they got back in the groove no, in we, we did hold on to the ball we were down we were down a man suppose, and, yeah, and yeah, you hold on to the ball and it's very difficult for anyone to do anything in that scenario when you're, you're holding on to the ball and, and we did that quite well but you know we did get across the, the try line pretty close here we're, we're not that far away but there's still you still feel as though we're a step below the, the likes of Glasgow but you know you have to look at it whether we like it or not that's I mean, a big know, step to take back Alan after being pro trial champions last year yeah well you know you, you have a situation where the, the Scottish press here were discussing beforehand who were the last team that didn't make the semi-finals after being champions the year before and you have to go back to the Ospreys in 2012 and even then they finished fifth Connacht aren't anywhere near with him. No, no, they're not anywhere near it at the moment. Um, I suppose. Look, they, they, the season didn't start well. We some players left. The, these things have to be dealt with. But it's had it's had a, an unsettled feeling right the way through, and that was what I would call a fairly unsettled performance. There was bits of it were really good, and but when it when it went wrong, it was catastrophically wrong. It was. But you look at I just just checked here now. You know we talk about that wasn't the strongest Scottish uh, Glasgow side. They had three hundred and forty six caps 
in the starting fifth. Their bench at 77. Well, we can't we can't compete well, with we, that. We can't, but you, you've got to. We did last year, Alan. We won the Pro 12. <laughs> yeah, when people, um, whether we like it or not, and I know Dave is going to do. Yeah, when the when World Cup was this, on and all the that. World Cup was on. Guys weren't at the but, same but, level. But but the and, level that Connacht have set as a target this year is Champions Cup qualification. Never in the history of a competition has a team won it and then set a target that's top five. Because the realization of the reality of losing Ali Muldowney, losing Robbie Henshaw, using David, there was a realistic approach to what the targets were, and Connacht are falling well short of their realistic approach, no one's saying we should be back there winning the title, we're saying they should be fifth and they're falling way short of fifth, way short Well, it it would normally be sixth, but you know, the scenario is we're we're talking about automatic qualification back into the Champions League, you know, whether we like it or not we're in a rebuilding season and then Pat's leaving so next season's another rebuilding season because you're going to get a new new coach in, new set of coaches on in the background, having said that this is the first year that we haven't lost major significant players we've lost one player in John Cooney but you know we do have Caelan Blade coming behind him. You mean going them. towards next season? Yeah. Going towards next season because we have to now start looking at next season. As far as I'm concerned, this season is is more or less written off because if we can't win a game with Agreed. that amount of possession and that amount Agreed. of territories away from home, we're win. not going to do it in a, in a playoff. Games. In, Two and, playoff and certainly games. Certainly not a second one. Yeah. Now I know the ground is, is good and we you know it, it's it's our first game in this sort of lovely weather and the weather with a bit of luck will turn for the positive for the rest of the season but I don't know I can't see us I can't see us beating Munster I can't see us beating Leinster I can't see us beating Sla- uh, Scarlets um, which leaves us only beating Zebra and Edinburgh before then so I don't know not a lot of momentum William final thoughts it's going to be difficult um, they should end up in those playoffs anyways yeah they, 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 they should do and I think look in one off games like that I think the situation changes again it, it depends who you're playing on what day and what situation they're in okay. uh, they're, they're just one off games so I wouldn't entirely write us off yet but things will have to be better if I was to sum it up you're saying fast forward till May and see what happens folks <laughs> these next few months are going to be like what can they get out of these next five games well they've got to get some wins they've got to keep getting points but they'll need two at the very least maybe three yeah. to be sure yeah. and you know they've two inter-pros to play in that and you know Edinburgh they got to they got to start with a win next week, and then they, if they can if they can beat Zebra in Edinburgh, then that brings them into the Leinster game um, with a bit of with momentum. It's the word we we keep talking about all the time, um, but they're going to have to fix some of the faults they saw this evening. They sure are. You know, you, we have to score. That's the biggest thing. We have to score more often, and, and whether that means we revert to even taking the odd drop goal every now and again, which I know is heresy to an awful lot of people, but for me, if you're putting points on the board getting the ball back if you can get the ball back from kickoffs, which is a huge issue that needs to be discussed and it's probably something we need to talk about in the press conference on Tuesday. How yeah. do we fix that? Speaking of press conferences, I have to see if Pat Lamb's gone home so I better get down there. Listen, folks, <laughs> thanks a million for joining us online on the goalbfm.ie stream. It's been something we've introduced this season and I think it's been really, really successful and allowed us, obviously, to make sure that you had uninterrupted coverage throughout the game uh, when the football was on. And for those of you who are bouncing in and out of the football, thanks to you also for coming into us and listening to us in this contest. Big thanks to William Davis on co-commentary, Alan Deegan on co-commentary, Lindy McKenzie has been travelling with us and obviously part of our pre-game show and our halftime show. She's busy filing for deadline there in the background. So we'll hear from her on the Craggy Rugby podcast. You can get that online if you want to follow a little bit more of what we're doing and you can get plenty of audio on Galway Bay FM throughout the weekend from this game. Big thanks to lads. Thanks a million lads. We've got to get home. We've got a flight to take. But from here, Scott Stoon in Glasgow. The story of the night is Glasgow are kicking on to a little bit of another level as they head into the Saracens game next week and we wish them the best of luck as one of our pro 12 representatives in that game. For Connacht, it's Zebra next week in that rearranged fixture in the Pro 12, and boy, do they need a win. 
answer my questions. Uh, yeah, of course. I think uh, we knew it would be a, t- a tough challenge with the way that Connacht play. And when you're, when you're down to 14 men um, and they've got a bit of momentum, it's great to come out the other side with with a bonus point and with real character shown by the players at the end. You must be pleased for, for showing as well. Yeah, great, great week as well. And um, initially it wasn't in the, in the starting team. Um, Why? Because uh, Tommy and Lee Jones were um, were meant to play, and they, they had a couple of injuries uh, in the middle of the week, um, and then he got on the bench, and then then the week he got on the starting team, <laughs> and the week that he's announced his uh, uh, retirement at the end of the season, what what a great week for him! And he, he looked a lot younger than thirty six, didn't he? No, he, he played really well. I think um, there was there was moments in the first half we had hardly any ball in the first half, but he he looked strong when he carried from restarts. A line break, unfortunately, didn't lead to anything, so it was great that he got his reward at the end. And a good morale boost for next weekend, next Sunday? Yeah, I think it's... We we wanted to try and play as many players this week to get back into our way of playing, to be integrated into um, the the group again, whether it's forwards with the line-out, um, whether it's backs, um, just playing together and all of us uh, getting our attack shape, our defence principles. So we managed to get a few players... Um, playing and there's a couple of guys that will obviously come back next week. Uh, it's great going in the game with, with confidence that we've had to dig out uh, a win but there's a, there's a fair bit to work on. Are you ready to complaints about the sending off? Yeah, look uh, it's, it's one I feel that um, he made a very quick decision without looking at other angles um, and didn't like we get the obviously the, the chat with the, the TMO and says yeah, no hesitation, it's a swinging arm now swinging arms can be can be part of the game. Like, looks to me, from what I saw, Tim looked like he was trying to punch the ball out because we were um, struggling to get any uh, um, what's the word purchase purchase on contesting for the ball post tackle. So um, we were looking to try to get turnovers through our tackles rather than post tackle because uh, the attack certainly had a big advantage, and that's what it looked like to me. Um, the player was falling down because he'd been tackled from the side, and I. I just wish there'd been more angles and the, the bigger context of what was happening rather than a, a quick decision there. All right, Pat, just to start with, that seemed like a kind of a very mixed bag of a game, leading at half-time, dominating possession and territory, but by the end, they've won with a bonus point. Yeah, exactly. It was, uh, it was probably an entertaining game for the neutral, but, uh, um, you know, we did some really good things, a lot of effort. Unfortunately, uh, we, we, all their points came off our errors or discipline and... You know, obviously, the yellow card was a big turning point, uh, you know, stretching out there, and then um, um, you know there was some, you know, there's obviously a little bit of niggle in there, but ultimately, um, you know, we, we um, I, I have to admire the effort, but um, and there's, we probably blew a few scoring opportunities, and then we uh, obviously gave away a few. Yeah, what will be really frustrating is, fair enough, Glasgow were brilliant in the third quarter, but you were back on top and then with a really good chance at 20, what, 27 21 and yeah. another restart. Restart seemed to be a real issue. Yeah, the restart uh, was, was an issue and because we needed the ball back and uh, the plan, the call had gone down. We got the ball back, we were all out attack again, mm. you know, because we knew every time we, we attacked, we stayed in structure, we were opening them up and getting real good yardage. And. Um, so we need the ball, but uh, we didn't win those uh, those kickoffs. That's something we need to fix. 
tackle counts down around 65-68% I think I mean it was a real bad game for missed tackles from a conic perspective yeah it is it is and it, that's you know and I think both teams missed a lot of tackles mm. because that's uh, when you get on this pitch I think if you have a look at the stats and all 4G pitches uh, it, it certainly favours the, the ball carry mm. which is why we wanted to keep the ball and uh, you'll find a lot more uh, tackles uh, missed you'll find a lot more ineffectives where guys can get away offloads I think we probably uh, I'm imagining, I don't know the stats, but that would probably be a highest offloading game as well. Um, and that's the sort of game you get on there. It's nice and fast, uh, but unfortunately, uh, some key errors cost us. This is definitely the biggest test since the Toulouse defeat. You're obviously trying to build momentum towards possible playoffs now at the end of the season. To come out the way it's ended, is that is that a bit of a setback, or where does it place you? Oh, just disappointing that we uh, we had a genuine chance. I don't think the score reflects the uh, the game, but for us to get nothing out of the game is uh, is frustrating. And, um, you know, as I said to the players in the shed, you know, again, thanks for the effort uh, and uh, can't fault that. But ultimately, let's go and look at all the good things that we did and then let's work on the things we didn't. You know, there's chances there where we didn't probably reload enough. There's opportunities to go right, we go left and vice versa. So um, they're all learnings. And so just, you know, it is what it is. Now we've got to get back and uh, get over to Zebra, do a catch-up game and, um, you know, assess the injuries from today. It's the post-game section of the podcast. We just broke that up and you heard some uh, Pat Lam audio there and Gregor Townsend before him. So that's that done. We're in the airport. Hmm. We picked that yawn up there from Alan. Sorry, yeah. Well, it's been, I don't know how long. What time is it now? Nine o'clock. We started this morning. I started at five. I think we all pretty much started around about five anyways this morning. Yeah, 25 past yeah. <coughs> 25, 25 past, past yeah. Morning, yeah. My alarm went at five in Ballinrobe. Your alarm probably went to five in Gerard. It went at 4.55. Ooh. Extra prep. that little extra five minutes to fix myself up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually managed to get some porridge in, and I'm glad I did, because I, I survived. William, uh, the Connick team didn't have their porridge this morning. It's kind of like the Weetabix ad that was trying to do link. It, okay, I'm tired. Carry on. They were poor. Yes, they were. That was a... Uh... It was a strange performance in that it had some good bits in it, but they weren't clinical enough. They didn't use the possession they had in the first half and the field position to get far enough ahead. And in the second half, Glasgow upped it. Mm. And even then, we got back to a situation where we could have uh, threatened them. Yeah. Uh, We didn't manage that. We had a couple of errors in the 22. We then got back to having a bonus point, and then they scored the softest of soft tries at the end to get their bonus point and take us out of range. The last try was a shambles for us, really. We just Mm. fell apart. Haven't seen us cut apart that badly for a long time. So a game that we needed, probably needed a win in. Uh, We could have got a bonus point. We came away with nothing. From here on in... Lindy, it looks like Connacht is just going to be about trying to hold on to one of those pl- spots and that may play off now. I think I think what's probably coming down to that anyway. I think the, the issue with today is the fact that it's the loss of momentum. It's, it, 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 it is a downer. Mm-hmm. To have beaten Glasgow would have been... A- Put a real pep in their step, going to going to Zebra, and a, a real you know continuation of the momentum of the last four wins in a row. And I think that's the issue. I think we were probably always going to be going to the playoffs. So I think it's more the fact that now these lads really have to pick themselves up, and 
go to zebra and I mean and probably nobody wants to go to zebra at this time of the year as you know we've already alluded to when they should be in Tumman Park playing playing Munster in a in a in the semi in their quarterfinals of the Champions Cup so it's it's not a good position to be into but you, they're going to have to look at the positives they are still in this competition they still have so many matches to play. They still have a reason for winning every single match, and that is to still qualify. And I'm sure that there are going to be some harsh words spoken and some 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 honest words spoken about how they're going to do that. Um, but I would imagine that you don't have a choice. I mean, these are professional rugby players. This is their reason detritus. This is the reason they play rugby. And their, and their reason is to qualify for Champions Cup rugby. All right, well, it's interesting about that game and the players are downbeat in a very quiet Glasgow airport with the last playing out. But you can see it's, it's, it's because of halftime, Alan, unlike a lot of their away defeats this year, they could seriously, honestly contemplate a victory in this game, such was their domination and their two-point lead. Uh, As a group of players, think, even though all of us were a little bit suspicious about their wasted chance. Yeah, when you've got 80, over 80% possession and territory and you're only leading by two points, you have to worry when you're away from home. Um, you know, if you're at home and you do that, you can kick on but it, and, and the funny thing was we scored first in the second half which is what we needed to do but then the biggest disaster of the day is our restarts we, we conceded so many scores to re, in restarts today it was frightening it was actually frightening how bad we were at restarts and looked as though we were doing everything correctly mm. but the, the world isn't about doing things correctly it's about adapting to situations and we didn't adapt to them very well I also think I also think that Glasgow were a little bit clever in the second half because they changed their tactics and they started to use their their pack a lot more and they brought on their international front rowers and they used their scrum effectively and I think that also gave them a different a different dimension to their game that possibly Connor hadn't been prepared for earlier and I think they were a little bit more clever in changing that direction and using that pack and the, the forwards in the scrum. Yeah, and there was one point in the commentary you were talking about just after halftime that they were using space better than Connacht were, and you were just directly contrasting how they were playing the early stages of the second half to how Connacht played when they were on top. Yeah, they were looking for where the space was. Like very early in the second half, Finn Russell chipped the ball over the, the back of, the, of our line, which came up at speed, which they had been doing. They had had one man back. Um, just pause there for a sec, we're getting our food. That's me. Thank you very much. Can you keep your train of thought there, Alan? Yeah, they did had they had one man back on numerous occasions throughout the game. I know I've said this before, but when they saw where space was, they played towards yeah. that space. Whether they kicked to it, whether they ran to it, or where they passed to it, they went to where the space was. And that's, you know, to me, that's a sign of a team who looks and sees where everything is and plays heads-up rugby as against a team who have to go through processes. And that's the problem with processes is that, you know, the, the, there has to be a, an element of freedom that there doesn't appear to be there now that we definitely had last year. Or maybe we just don't... We don't... I don't know, we've become too prescriptive. And I'd like us to be a little less prescriptive, look at where the space is, use that space. We have the skill set, because we opened it up two or three times today. It just took us too long to do it. You know, there has to be more varied ways of doing it. If the opposition don't have to think about what they're doing in defence, you're in big trouble. We're back here in Glasgow Airport with about five minutes to our gate being displayed and us having to get moving. William, just in the wider scale, we're going to have to have a chat in the next week as a group, in the next couple of weeks over the next few podcasts about 
the kind of compare and contrast of where we are. Because one of the things, obviously, people will have heard our post-game stuff. And, you know, we're beginning to just kind of look, what does this mean? How far have we slipped back? Have we slipped back? All those questions are going to be popping up now for a few days. I'm not asking you for answer, answers to them, but the question is starting to get a feel like we're starting to wrap this season up, except for the playoffs. Oh, yeah, it's, it's about the playoffs now. Uh, we seem to be outsiders at best. Yeah, but playing those. this already. I know what you're Those are say, different yeah. games. They're one off games with a prize at the end. And Who wants that more? Yeah, it depends. Play a French side. Do they really want to go away and play in a sort of a final thing? You don't know who's going to be fit. There's a lot of rugby to be played. But they'll have to lift the level. Um, keep saying it. Lots of possession, but no, no end product. Alan Patlam brought up the whole seven, top seven, should be in the Champions Cup again. In yeah. fairness, he has been consistent on that. It wasn't just as things are starting to fall about parties. Yeah. Starting to I'll let you come in on this, Lenny, first, yeah. Well, I think he's absolutely, totally right. We've discussed this ourselves. It's, you know, I could once upon a time understand... Hang on, Lenny's stalling because Alan has a face on him like he's just seen the end of the world. Scoreline. Treviso, 13, Ospreys, 5. That, is that full-time? Full-time. That's fucking bizarre. How many people had that in the prediction league? Nobody. You should check in and see. Well, that's where I was looking. I was in the prediction league going, no, there must be something wrong with that. It's not going to kill your point in any way, though. They're too far adrift and they shouldn't Sorry. be getting automatic champ- Champions Cup spots. What was the point I was making? I don't know. I was saying the Pat Lamb brought up the back. Yeah, the Alan interrupted us. Apologies. So I, th- I think. Yeah, it's just that top seven thing. He just wants to... Well, no, no, I, no I, think he's, I think we all can understand the reason why... The, the reason to develop rugby is that there is a, a team from every country to go through to the Champions Cup. And I think there's a reason, but that reason has become something of a noose around this entire competition's neck, and I think it's respectability. Because we all know that during this time that the Italian sides have not actually stepped up, they've actually really taken a few steps backwards, with the exception, obviously, of that bizarre result tonight. Um, but, but then again, remember, Connacht went there last year in their Champions Cup winning winning season and lost to Treviso. Yeah. So it's a possibility that a similar a similar thing has happened with the Ospreys, who are also hunting for the title. Yeah. So I, I think for the competition's sake, I do think that, yes, the top seven yeah. teams should go through. Now, I I'm not sure the top seven in the Pro 12 are good enough to really be strong enough in the Champions Cup. I've got to be honest, I, I'm looking at Cardiff and Connacht right now, and they're not. But it doesn't change the point that over the cor- over course of any campaign, top seven, if you have seven places available to Pro 12, yeah. it's got to be top seven. Well, I, I, yeah, I, t- no, I, t- I totally agree with you. And, you know, put it this way, if, if we're top if we're top in the top seven then we're still a little bit closer to that Champions Cup deserving place deserving of that place than than Treviso or Zebra who finished bottom of the league no time to do anything else because our gate's being called with indeed Rob it's time to bid Arriva Dirty to Glasgow and uh, see what happens next week in uh, Zebra alright no any other business this week I don't think anyone Alan down in there oh Junior no. Cup tomorrow. tomorrow. Yeah, we going to be working yeah. at that. We'll talk yeah. about that next week. Okay, we're going to go to gate, gate seven. See. Right. Bye, Ooh. folks. <laughs>